Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, brothers, sisters, and siblings. It's Matt, the co-host of Penn Sunday School, someone you won't hear in this episode because we're just going to listen to part two of Penn talking with Leonard Malton, of course, the famous film critic of Malton on Movies' his new podcast with his daughter, Jesse. They're going to talk all kinds of stuff, including Penn's theories and interest in movies, as well as the one rule Penn's mom had for Penn when he was growing up. And here he is preaching the love, Penn Gillette. You, you so many hats, Penn. But I want you to doff the hat right now of movie buff, because yes. I know you are a more than casual movie buff. Yeah. Uh, what What did you grow up watching and loving, and uh, what what still stirs your juices? Well, my uh, my my parents, uh, who were older parents, um, my my mom was forty five when I was born. Uh, I'm also an old dad. My daughter was 50 when I was born. Um, no, backwards. My daughter, I was 50 when my daughter was born. She came out 50. uh, It's fine. It's Benjamin Button. And, uh, my parents, uh, took us, uh, to the movies, uh, every week. And we went to see whatever came out. So, uh, uh, I grew up, you know, uh, I was born in 55. So that means, uh, Goldfinger and Dr. No. Right in the pocket, mm-hmm. and uh, including things like Sex and the Single Girl and everything that came out those times. Mm-hmm. And then by the time my first real, um, I mean, Planet of the Apes, which I still think uh, the original is um, a perfect kind of movie. Mm-hmm. If you go into Planet of the Apes cold, uh, that short story format. For a movie is really nice. About 90 minutes in a short story with a surprise ending is great. But they had a contest in Greenfield, Massachusetts, WHAI, little local station, to win tickets to see 2001, A Space Odyssey. And um, uh, it, you had to call the station and uh, tell them the first person to orbit the Earth. And someone called in with Alan Shepard, and I was so excited because I was able to call in with John Glenn. And I won two tickets. I was 12 years old. And then I made perhaps the cutest phone call of my life, <laughs> where I called up the station and said, um, oh, is there any way I could get another ticket? Because I'd like my, my mom and dad to both be able to come with me to the show. And um, they said yes. It was in Springfield, Massachusetts, which was an hour drive from Greenfield. And it was said as the premiere. So I believed until several years later that the premiere, <laughs> world premiere, 
of 2001 A Space Odyssey was in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you were there. And I was there. I believe we were at the real event <laughs> because they gave us a special souvenir booklet that had the science in there. And um, 2001 was um, the first time I thought a movie could be intellectual. Mm -hmm. And it was so heavy for me and so important. And when they did the... Um, Oh, I guess it was three, four years ago. They they put it back out non-digitally, you know, put it back out mm -hmm. real. I went to see it again. Uh, interestingly enough, with, with John Landis. <laughs> um, and uh, it was really a wonderful experience. You know, I have this feeling about movies that um, movies should be at the level where a high school student can talk about them in a really profound way. Mm. I think if you try to go too far beyond that, my feeling is maybe you should be doing a book. Mm -hmm. um, and there is that trope that good books make lousy movies and perhaps vice versa. Mm -hmm. And there's really good reasons for that. I mean, my favorite book is Moby Dick and I can't think of a stupider idea to put into a movie than Moby Dick, because what's so fascinating about that is getting inside the hearts of the characters. Right. And in movies, you can only watch what's happening, which is why my favorite thing in movies is voiceover, which everybody hates. But I mean, when Blade Runner came out without the voiceover, I couldn't understand anything. Blade Runner is not a movie I like. Star Wars is not a movie I like. As a rule, science fiction is not a movie I like. I've just mentioned the two real exceptions for that, which is which is Planet of the Apes, 2001. Um, I also love, love, love low forms of art having real intellectual content. Mm. And I think the epitome of that is George Romero with uh, Night of the Living Dead, sure. Dawn of the Dead, uh, uh, and uh, Day of the Dead. And Dawn of the Dead for a long time, and maybe I think I still say this, but I haven't thought about it for a long time, Dawn of the Dead was my favorite movie. Mm. Um, that combination of real political and intellectual points of view given in a 90-minute format and also with popcorn munching, screaming stuff going on, roller coaster ride is kind of the the perfect combination to me. And I always think when I'm when I'm when I'm thinking about movies of George Romero's description of Night of the Living Dead, which I don't think I can remember word for word, but his description, his pitch. What happens to the United States of America when a truly radical political system takes over? Mm. No mention of zombies, no mention of horror. I love that. And of course, what um, what George Romero did with race in, um, in Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, mind-blowing. And then for my other taste in movies, you know, when I was really thinking about them in the 70s was, you know, Taxi Driver, mm -hmm. um, 
Taxi Driver, just to me, a perfect movie. Uh, 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 you know, Elbert Brooks there in the middle of it. Mm. Uh, De Niro out of his mind. And um, once again, a really simple plot, you know. Um, I think for me, when movies cross over to another level of, um, of depth, uh, they lose me because they haven't got the form. Now, everything I've said it gets completely revamped when you get into long form of television. You know, mm -hmm. we were, movies were married to the short story format and they weren't able to do the novel until whichever you want to pick, you know, pick The Wire, pick Breaking Bad, pick, yeah. pick, any, pick any one you want where they're able to go into forms that, you know, are not quite a hundred years of solitude, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but damn close, you know. It's it's really interesting, and I think the the best of those would be uh, Patriot. I don't know if you saw Patriot, but mm -hmm. the um, not the Patriot, but Patriot. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my favorite, my favorite. If we're going to include television as long long form movies, mm -hmm. it is. Uh, now. That's probably my favorite now. Yeah, but it is now. That's the thing, and and it's funny because you know we often when speaking to our guests discuss the fact that television has become this not just viable option, but uh, in many cases preferential because yeah. uh, you can do so much. And, and I, I laugh because I think about the fact that if Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings were being made today, they would have been TV shows and not films. Cause what's the first complaint everyone has? They left out the following 87 things. Well, you do, you know, season one is book one. And while we're on the subject, mm. there is, I think, no movie I've less enjoyed sitting through than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <sighs> oh, I could come up with I, 40 or 50 examples <laughs> to counter that, but go ahead. Uh, boy, that kind of, as I said, Lord of the Rings was okay until the guy in the conical hat came out. Um, uh, but it's just, I understand intellectually um the uh the skill involved in making the movie mm -hmm. but i somehow fantasy never touches me mm -hmm. um and you have to make it such a clear allegory like dawn of the dead before i'll get on board i really i don't i'm not able to do the jump to um, for fantasy for human harm. When I saw Star Wars, which I saw the first day it came out, because I was seeing every movie, I said to my friend who saw every movie with me, I said, um, well, this is a movie only we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought no one's going to see this thing. I just did not understand at all what was good about Star Wars. And when I... When I talk to George Lucas, we talk about American Graffiti. <laughs> uh, that, that kind of stuff, I don't know what it is, but my friends always uh, yell at me, you know, no, 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 you've got to see this one, you've got to see this one, and I never, never grabs me. I don't All know right. what it is. Where do, you, where do you stand on The Wizard of Oz? 
I do like The Wizard of Oz. That's a really interesting. I don't care for musicals. Mm-hmm. I don't care for fantasy. And I, 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 I am unable to separate nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really believe that I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a nice intellectual idea of the man behind the curtain that obviously yeah. speaks to me pretty directly. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, speaks to everyone, but I mean, in my, in my profession speaks yes. to me pretty directly. Yes. I do like that very, very much. There's so much, um, set pieces yeah. that are just vaudeville hunks. Yeah. You know, they, they each have their vaudeville hunk and they're all so skilled. Mm-hmm. That boy, we boy, we want to see Buddy Epson in that part, don't we? <laughs> how good was how good must Buddy Epson have been before he had oh, the mm-hmm. allergic reaction to the silver mm-hmm. makeup? But not to- that it's not good the way it is. No, but- no, 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 no. It, it, there's always those moments of what ifs. There's you know, it's yeah. it's when you hear someone else, so and so was going to play the part, and then this happened, that happened. You go, yeah, oh, De Niro man. and Big, De Niro and Big. Do you know? <laughs> What was that going to be? I, I just want to picture him uh, in FAO Schwartz dancing on a piano. Yeah, That's, what was uh, that going to be? I what can't. Yeah. When I say I can't imagine, I genuinely mean. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's so funny because with 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 any art, it, it works for you. It doesn't work for someone else. And no matter how many times your friends say, "No, no, no, you have to do that," it just you know my my biggest issue with a lot of the Marvel and Marvel esque movies is that I cannot, I don't engage when there are CGI fights. Me neither, and not at, at all. As cool as something can look, and I can say, yeah, that, that looked really neat. Um, the feeling you get when you watch, and this is a, a broad example, but like, you know, when you watch Jackie Chan, especially the, you know, the early stuff, and you watch that hand-to-hand combat that is, it's dead, it's beautiful. Like, it is art. Uh, you know, you can, you get into that. It's exciting. What is it? Drunken Master 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but you can get into that watching that yeah. and going, wow, this is so cool. But when I'm watching CGI Spider-Man swing into CGI, you know, uh, Iron Man, who then jumps onto CGI, it just doesn't hold me. And exactly. And it yeah. doesn't mean I don't like the movie. Some of them I like very much. But it's yeah, just... I, uh, it was explained to me, first of all, the reason Jackie Chan is so great is he was a Three Stooges fan. Hell yes. <laughs> He's a Stooges fan in a place where it was illegal to be a Stooges fan. Yes, wow. <laughs> he was smuggling Stooges stuff in, which is great. But a friend of mine explained, I don't know if this is true, I'm not, I'm not up on the politics, but the reason you don't have geography in fight scenes, which is what drives me crazy, is I can't even tell... What's hitting what? Right. Who's going? I can't tell the plot of the fight. I was told they went to those close-ups to avoid the R rating. And it is Born Identity. I've been told if you look at Born Identity 1 and Born Identity 2, the entire way the fights are shot changes completely because they wanted to go from an R to a PG. Mm. I don't know if that's true. One person told me, so I don't know. Now... You, you at the beginning of our our chat, you, you talked about magic uh, and the relationship to the audience, uh, where where you don't want to insult the audience. Uh, I have a corollary question to ask you. Uh, I teach a class at USC 
to about 320 somethings from whom I learn all the time. Now, I learn not only what they like and dislike, but some, sometimes I get an idea of the reason and the con contemporary context in which they're seeing things. So one, one semester, I decided to show great musical sequences to them uh, out of context, just before we watched a brand new feature film. And uh, when I show them Fred Astaire or Gene Kelly, uh, I don't always get the reaction I'm hoping for. And I think it is a reflection of our time in this sense that today's kids grow up in an atmosphere where people like you engage them uh, as earlier stage magicians did not. They're not, you're not, you're not trying to say, as you said, uh, oh, uh, I can do this and you can't. Uh, but that is the case with Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire. They can do things we wish we could do, but we can't because they have worked so hard to achieve a level of perfection. And the art uh, in, in their work is that they hide the artistry. They hide the hard work. They make it look effortless. And I, I enjoy that. Uh, I, you know, I, I appreciate and enjoy and admire and even revere that. But I think they're used to, they've come up in the age of American Idol, uh, where people come on stage and, and America's Got Talent and all those other shows where, where real people come up and sometimes perform extremely well. Uh, but they're, they're, they're essentially they're everybody, they're every man, every woman coming up and, and doing and that. And the plot, the plot is outside of the performance. Mm -hmm. What drives me crazy about uh, America's Got Talent and what we try very hard not to do on, uh, on Fool Us is um, they use a kind of um, maudlin sense of the outside story. Yes. You know, um, my, my mother's dying of cancer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yes. Is why, which is why I'm on here. And uh, I find that that kind of meta to the performance um, is, I mean, it used to be, um, as you can see from behind me, I'm, uh, I'm a rather big fan of Bob Dylan. It used to be that a glimpse of Bob Dylan, a piece of information that he had a motorcycle accident, a piece mm -hmm. of information that he had shown up at a place and played guitar was uh, huge. Nothing burst out of Dylan's uh, art. And um, now, if you're a, uh, if you're a fan of Billie Eilish or you know, whoever you want to be, um, you have this huge amount of information. Yes. Uh, that's outside of that. Yes. So um, uh, the context has changed. So I think that um, just seeing a pure performance within a story is, is a different thing now. And it's very funny because this is something that I loved. I love stuff getting meta and giving context. And now I really don't like it. Mm. Um, I really, I really want to get back to, um, some sort of frame that we're within. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it's a very, 
it's very, very uh, complicated. You know, um, I have uh, uh, my children are teenagers; they're fifteen and sixteen, and so I, I do see all the Marvel movies, and they know um, the kind of anecdote that would have been a, a tidbit from the Tonight Show. They now have fifty of those. Yes, from every person in the cast. Um, they know, um, uh, I believe they know every sex act everybody in the Marvel <laughs> universe has ever had with anybody else in detail. Yeah. And I believe at least my son has pictures. Well, that's, this is the thing is it is such a difference because I've, I've grown up watching old, you know, older movies, classic film, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and there was so little known almost always until they died. When they died, information would come out and you'd find out about more of the affairs or, you know, so-and-so was gay or any, any, any kind of craziness. But as you watch them, they only exist on the screen. And mm -hmm. I do miss that because I realize that sometimes when we sit down in a movie theater and, and the person pops up, I go, oh, they just had a baby. Oh, they just, you know, mm -hmm. so-and-so was just arrested. Like it's, you know, and I don't really want to know all of that about them. Yeah, you know, uh, some smarmy rock critic, over-intellectual rock critic, uh, who was just talking bullshit. But it was a sentence that was said that I think still means something to me. He said, the Beatles stopped being good when you could tell them apart. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's That's something <laughs> about that. There's something about when you're watching someone on a screen Having the um, having the name of the actor and the name of the character interchangeable, mm -hmm. uh, you never get that in books. No, that never happens in books, and that allows the book to live in my head. I should also say, uh, with my relationship with film, I talked about my parents taking me to Sex and the Single Girl and Goldfinger. My mother, who, as I said, was forty five when I was born, so an, uh, for that time, a very old parent. My mother hated old things. Mm. My mother had a book, which I have continued with. I also, mine's on computer, where she wrote down every movie uh, they'd ever seen. And she would go to that book. And my poor father, I'm talking about when they were in their 80s, they'd be watching TV and a, um, a movie would come on. And uh, my dad would start watching it and be really interested in it. And my mother would go and get the book. And she would say, we saw that in 1951. And Amazing. she would turn it off. Amazing. Because my mother would never, ever watch a TV show again. Huh. She would never, ever watch a movie again. She would never watch reruns. So I never saw the Marx Brothers. I never saw Fred Astaire. I never saw any of that until I get out of the home mm. because that was the absolute taboo. The one exception was The Wizard of Oz, which I could watch on my own every year. Mm -hmm. And I could watch The Three Stooges because that was in the afternoon. My mom didn't have to watch it. <laughs> but if my mom came in and caught me watching a Beverly Hills rerun, Beverly Hillbillies rerun, Unacceptable. <laughs> Unacceptable. 
Even when we started doing TV, my father would have to beg my mm. mother when I got them the VHS machine mm. to be able to watch another watch my appearance on Letterman again. <laughs> my mother was like, "Well, we saw him on Letterman." <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody! Let's talk a little bit about Hello Fresh, shall we? Huh? Hello Fresh. It is a great way to eat. With Hello Fresh, you get fresh. Pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners. Your children can help with this. It's a great way to cook. Everything's pre-measured. The food isn't wasted. It's sustainable. You can feel good about yourself. Get better value. HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores with pre-portioned ingredients and ensure you won't spend money on excess food that ends up going in the trash. I hate throwing food away. HelloFresh stops you from doing that. It offers you the flexibility you need to easily customize your order on the app within minutes, easily change your delivery day, food preferences, or plant size, or skip a week whenever you need to. It's a really, really good way to eat. Having everything laid out, you don't have to argue about what you're going to eat. You decide on your menu. It's there. It's laid out for you. Even I can do it. Even I've done it. Uh, now the food can be all sorts of, all sorts of special, special stuff. They don't have an actual vegan option, but you can have it easily by just pulling like the cheese out of the vegetarian option. Happens right away. Pull off the cheese and buddy, you got vegan. Go to HelloFresh. Dot com. I, I got to tell you, Godot does this all the time. He does it like three or four times a week. He does he does the food. His children often do it. There are vegetarian meals, calorie smart choices, extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I've done it. It's easy. It's good. It's tasty. It's wonderful. Already. Go to HelloFresh.com slash PSS14 and use code PSS14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. 14 free meals, including free shipping. So don't put it a higher number than that. Be fair about it. Go to HelloFresh, H-E-L-L-O-F-R-E-S-H dot com slash PSS, that's Penn Sunday School, 14, like two weeks, PSS14, and use code PSS14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash PSS14 and use the code PSS14. It is really, really good. Check it out. Try it. You'll love it. It's good food, it's not wasteful, it's inexpensive, and it's very, very healthful. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go do it now. Try it out. You can't go wrong. My voice is cracking with emotion. It's just wonderful. Check it Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I've got to tell you, I'm still kind of sort of like that. I mean, Apocalypse Now, I saw three or four times. Taxi Driver, I saw three or four times. Um, the, De- the Dead Trilogy, Romero, I saw three or four times. But most other stuff, stuff that I really, really love, I see once because the memory of my mother is haunting me. That's so going, funny. You saw that. You saw that. <laughs> <laughs> well, pe- people always ask us what we watch, you know, say, well, what do you watch during the holidays? What do you watch for this, that, the other? The truth is, m- my dad has always had to keep up with what's new. So we don't often watch things twice either. Again, I now as an adult can do as I please, but growing and, and up. When, and when she was growing up, like all kids of the video era, she would watch things over and over and yeah. over and over oh, yeah. and over and over and over again. Yeah. But, but in terms of things like if, so I, I didn't see Jurassic Park until a few years ago because mm-hmm. my dad went and saw it in a the theater and reviewed it. I was in fourth grade when it came out. Uh, I was too young to see it. And so I didn't see it. Um, we didn't watch again, th- like you're talking, you know, my dad didn't show me Indiana Jones or Star Wars or any of those. We watched, we either watched classic film, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, or we were watching something new. Yeah. And so I, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Mm. Never seen it. Uh, bunch of things like that. You know, I had to be, uh, I had to be told to watch Double Indemnity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of stuff other people saw on TV. My mom was just the, um, no repeat cop. You know, there was just, <laughs> uh, uh, no way around that. Are you glad you saw Double Indemnity? <laughs> I believe I, 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 I believe that's one of the best. Check yeah. your computer file. Look it up. <laughs> See when you uh, Double Indemnity. You know, there's certain movies that I always want to see um for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want I mean, <laughs> I'm one of the people that Sixth Sense worked for. Yeah. I saw it cold. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And same. I had the real tada on that, which is at a I mean, when you get that feeling in a theater, I mean, it's one specific thing that's done, but that kind of short story, that Rod Serling, here's how I write, lay that out, um, just, just destroys me. Mm-hmm. I just love it. I did one of the nicest things I've ever done for Teller, which is when Memento came out, I said to him, go see this. Don't look at the posters when you go in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you a sentence. Teller saw Memento completely cold, absolutely cold, which I'm very envious of. That was my gift to him. He sent me to a movie called Man Bites Dog. Yeah. Cold. Yeah. Which was a, which was a wonderful experience. I tend to, uh, you know, my children now, every movie they go into, they know everything about it. Uh, I always want to go in cold. I'm the guy uh, who doesn't watch trailers, who yeah. won't watch me, trailers. Me too. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I, if I happen to go to a actual multiplex or theater and, and they come on, I'm the guy who will duck his head down, 
cover his ears and hum rather than watch <laughs> trailers. Let that, me tell you the looks we get away. when my father <laughs> yeah. is humming and covering his ears. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand that completely. I, it's that, that experience, which um, for all the movies we watch is, is so rare to sit down and have 90 minutes yeah. to go into that short story and watch it and go there. And I can never tell. In the past five years, my movie taste seems to be if there's an African-American lawyer, it's a movie I like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I like that as a, as a criteria. I like that a lot. I, I seem to... I seem to, I also like movies about astronauts. I, mm -hmm. when I was younger, I loved Taxi Driver and Apocalypse. Um, as I've gotten older, I more and more like movies about good people. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in heroes and heroes with as few flaws as possible. Um, <laughs> sure. I mean, I really think, and I know that historically there's, there's big problems with it, but as a movie, Apollo 13, my, my date at that movie had a move away from me because she couldn't hear the movie over my sobbing. <laughs> uh, that's another thing. My dad, my mom taught me to never watch things more than once. My dad taught me to cry in movies. Ah. My dad, would cry at anything. Mm -hmm. And my mother would turn and throw something at him and say, are you crying again, <sighs> you old fool? Yeah. But if a dog came back to an owner, oh, my no. dad would oh, cry. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. If, yep. two, if two old friends met each other, yeah. my dad would cry. Yeah. If there was a happy ending, my dad would cry. Mm -hmm. If there was a sad ending, my dad would cry. And my dad was a jail guard. My dad was a tough guy, <laughs> but boy, did he love to cry at movies. Wow. It's a release. It, it's catharsis. You, you know, I, I'm just a little older than you, and I find as I get older, I am more and more sentimental. I cry at supermarket openings now. I'm, I'm yeah, very, yeah. very susceptible. And, and, and well, movies, it all comes down to a Bob Dylan line. It frightens me the awful truth of how sweet life can be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, no, true. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. What are your kids like? What are they? I mean, first of all, do they like what you do? No, 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 not at all. No, I, uh, I always am. I am bothered by um, friends of mine who brag that their children's taste is their taste. Mm -hmm. When when a guy says, "Oh, you know, my uh, my son loves the Who. He loves Led Zeppelin." I always go, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's stuff being made for him, you know, go to that. So I don't, I mean, my children have a, um, well, the fact that there's a, you know, 25 foot poster in our house of Bob Dylan, they know <laughs> right. the fond of Bob Dylan. The fact that Tiny Tim's entire suit and ukulele is hung up on the wall. They know I'm fond of Tiny Tim. Love it. But I don't ever say you need to listen to this. My uh my children uh have discovered the Beatles, which I now realize is children's music, which I didn't realize at the time. And uh as far as movies, my son uh gave me the biggest gift on my birthday anyone's ever given me. 
I was watching the Three Stooges, hmm. and he walked in and said, what are those knuckleheads up to now? <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> all I ever wanted a child of mine to say. God, to me. God bless your son. He did not watch the Three Stooges. But he knew. He does not understand the Three Stooges. He knew. I tried to explain to my son, it is about outsider friendship. Hmm. That's all the Three Stooges are about. It's about loving loving among people who don't belong. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Three Stooges, Wayne's World, Strange Brew, those movies speak directly to my heart. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. that know they're outsiders and yet bond. Uh, those are the things that drive me crazy. But my children, uh, they're completely owned by the Marvel Universe, um, cinematic universe, uh, completely owned. All that marketing, all that stuff, and the movies themselves work completely on them and perfectly. Um, I don't try to steer them much. Uh, I try to, I try to say, well, I'm going to be a good father. Even though I don't like Star Wars, it's okay if my children watch it. Mm -hmm. So we watched the first one that was actually the third one, right? Roughly, yes. (laughs) The first one that came out. We put it on once upon a time in a distant galaxy. And my son said, what are they going to do? Text the whole goddamn movie to us? (laughs) (laughs) And you said, that's my boy. Very proud of him. My son, uh, 20 minutes in, was late for the door. He said, okay, I'm leaving. I said, okay. I thought you might want to watch it. My daughter made it to um, to the trash compactor scene. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then she said, I, this I'm is good. just boring. That's she split. So, so funny. So I tried. I yeah. tried to give them a little bit of what I thought was their culture. And... It's really interesting, and someone will write a paper on this, but my son and my daughter recognize references to movies they've never seen and know the reference perfectly. My son says, that's Terminator, that's Alien, ba-boom. And I say, did you see them? They go, no. And I go, do you want to see them? They go, no. (laughs) They go, "But, but they know all of them. They know all the cultural references without knowing the source material. It's it's a fascinating thing, and I I talk about it a lot because I have always been, I have always been obsessed, really, with pop culture. For that reason, the idea that you won't have seen this film, but you can quote something to me. Uh, the idea, of course, that, um, so my husband's from England and I'm always interested in what, and he's two years younger than me. I'm 35. It always interests me. What did he grow up with? What did I grow up with? What references make sense to him? What goes right over his head? Uh, you know, what stuff is universal? And if it is universal, do you even know where it comes from? (laughs) You know, I mean, when I, when I was growing up, I, I would say that Mike Myers was one of the most famous human beings in the world. Jim Carrey, you know, there are certain people who were beyond, beyond, just huge. And so you could quote everything from Austin Powers. Well, your kids, you know, I'm much older than they are, but it's like, do they have any idea what Austin Powers is? You know, no, did, no idea. maybe they know Mike Myers because of Shrek, you know, that, that has carried a bit, but that's the stuff that for me, it's just, say it blows my mind. Well, the, well, the other thing is, and this has been talked about so much. 
but um, and there's no way to fix it, nor should it be fixed. But uh, the idea of family viewing is is gone. Yeah. Um, I, I, my wife and I try in vain to set up like a family movie night or something. And uh, the thing is that they know precisely what they want mm. and they are narrow casted to, you know, yeah. when uh, in the, in the, in the late sixties, early seventies, you turned on the radio and you would have Hendrix, the temptations uh, you'd have uh, country guys, right? You'd have, uh, there was no racial lines and no kind of lines. It was just top 40 radio. Yep. And top 40 radio had, you know, Sergeant Barry Sandler and Sly and the Family Stone yep. on the same charts. They'd come one after the other. And then in the eighties, they, uh, they found they could segment and you had radio stations bragging about no rap, no disco. Right. And of course the no disco, it was homophobic and racist. We didn't know it at the time. And, uh, and uh, all that stuff, and that has continued on. You know, the idea of the Ed Sullivan show yeah. that I would watch to see The Who, and my mother would watch to see Mario Lanza, mm -hmm. and none of us wanted to see Topo Gijo, <laughs> and we would all watch that together yes. and also see Alan King. Yep. That's lost, that idea of... um Here's something for me, now something for you. Right. Or even an evening of television watching where we would watch The Outer Limits and Lawrence Welk in an evening and not come together on anything except maybe Mission Impossible, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's completely gone. Yeah. And when I grasp at that, I realize it, it's foolish because that is gone. My children know that if they want to watch something, they have a tablet and they watch it now. Mm. Now. But I do watch, I watch all of BoJack Horseman with my son, show. which is brilliant. And I sit there going, boy, if my mom saw me watching this <laughs> with my 15-year-old son, she would say, this is not appropriate mm -hmm. even for adults. Why are you watching it with your son? But my mom's dead, so I guess I'm safe. Yep, for now. Um uh, I also, my son, I watched, I don't usually watch situation comedies. I don't care for them. But to be with my son, I watched all of Community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I watched, like I said, all of BoJack Horseman. And we also watched Parks and Recreation, which are incredibly skilled, beautifully written, beautifully done shows, just not usually to my taste. Right. But uh, I have to watch, and I, I'm proud of that. I would rather watch my son's taste and sit there with him and talk about it than to force him to watch to my taste. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather watch BoJack with him than the Three Stooges. <laughs> well, I mean, but again, it, it is always interesting when we find something that uh, I, I do, I do like a lot of what my dad showed me growing up. And so I definitely prefer a lot of older stuff. Well, of course, since uh, your dad watched everything that ever came out, yes. that's pretty easy for yeah. you to say. <laughs> yes, but, you know, I, but I, like, because we still watch stuff like the Dinosaur Chevy show, you know, or, or Andy Williams show. We do watch that stuff, and I love it. Um, but I also understand that part of that's going to be my own nostalgia that I grew up with. So in the same way that you're saying... Yeah, your, your secondhand nostalgia. But, that's but, right. But that's it. You know, in the way that you, you say you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Well, you could watch it now and maybe like it, 
but it's not going to have the same effect as, as someone who's watched it every year since they were four. You know, and and I I yeah, say Teller, that to friends. Teller was appalled, appalled <laughs> that I'd never seen Psycho when we met. Mm. I'd never seen Psycho until I said, "How how can you not see Psycho?" I also didn't know the twist in Psycho. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, my mom, my mom saw my mom Psycho saw when it, it came up <laughs> on April on April fourteenth, nineteen sixty. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So so that was it. You know, and uh, so that's. That's part of what uh, what makes it there. You know, but I cannot tell, after all these years, I cannot tell or predict, never mind what the country likes mm-hmm. or the world, I can't tell what I like. You know, I uh, I will try to find a movie. I will try to get suggestions from people and try to watch something, and uh, there seems to be no predicting whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, there was this movie called Miss Sloan, That's, that which I thought, I thought, oh, it's lobbying. I have no interest in this. Yeah. yeah. Loved every second of it. No way to predict that. Did you see news? Nobody recommend. Did you see news of the world with Tom Hanks? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. May I recommend it to you? You, yes. Feel free to reject the recommendation. <laughs> it's based on a best-selling book. It's directed by Paul Greengrass, who did the Born, the first Born movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. And but it's very unlike anything he's done before. And uh, it's a. I found it very compelling and very richly satisfying. Mm. So there's my one. I will take that. I will take that. I have a personal Leonard Malton recommendation. <laughs> I'll take that. Well, we so enjoyed talking to you, and it Thank was very kind of you to time. carve out the time. And uh, uh, so your your show has been uh, updated, revised, uh, reinvented? We uh, we write new stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Sure. The show we're doing now live in Vegas is, uh, uh, I think there are, there's 10 minutes we've done before. So oh, wow. Uh, wow. We write new stuff all the time. We're writing more new stuff than we ever have. We like it more. I mean, I, it's always such a mystery to me that people work so hard in show business and then get where they want to be and then do their show at night and play golf. Yeah. Golf does not compare yeah. with the joy of getting together and writing a new bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. It seems like people should retire from golf and then write magic tricks. <laughs> Have you seen the show Hacks? Uh, no. Okay. I heard such terrible things about it. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we loved it. Oh, uh, really? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll think about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> D- debate. Debate. Uh, you know, it, and, and it's okay if you don't like it or think it's terrible. That's allowed, too. Uh, th- that's the most recent thing that we've all, my mom, my dad, my husband, and I, all of us, we just all loved it. We thought it was so, it's it's incredible writing, and Jean Smart is just ridiculous. Like, she's, she's yeah, amazing. Well, I was on a, uh, I was on some show with her sometime. I was, of so, course you I was were. so impressed with her. Of course yeah. you were. I was were. so impressed with her. She was, she was just fabulous. So maybe I gotta back down and say, uh, I mean, I was so surprised that the, uh, the Paul McCartney, Rick Rubin thing was, was great. Mm-hmm. The, the Rick, Rick's a friend of mine, but I kind of thought, you know, we've heard what Paul McCartney has to say. But no, we haven't. No, it's on our, it's on our watch list, yeah. as they say. You yeah. never know. You never know what you're going to find. 
But again, you never th- know. thank you for making time. We know you're busy and, and Okay, well I'm going to while I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much. So there you have it, Pen with the Maltons. You can find it at Malton on Movies. Check him out. But for now, that was Pen Sunday School. All right, we can't let you go without thanking loyal members of the congregation, fantastic folks like Allison Sage, Kristen Kladick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Little, Joseph Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Nate Soloway, Kelly Reeves, Michael Kaplan, Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Michael Howard, Danny Olwine, Julian Webb, Stephen Volcano, Jim the 22-year naked magician, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you all so much. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.